Monday motivation. Start your week off flying high. Monday motivation. It's your time to rise and shine. All right, wonderful. Happy Monday, guys. Today we have my friend Darcy. Oh, Darcy, do I love you. I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy you asked me to be here. Thank so you. your last name has changed because now you're a married woman. So what is, what is your full name? My full, my maiden name? Or no, you're Darcy Bailey, right? I'm Darcy Bailey now, yeah. Okay, okay. So when you sign your books, it's going to be Darcy Bailey forever. Yes. That's awesome. All right. So Darcy is... I might have to print because there'll be children's books. So I may have to print my name. Okay, that's that, that works. <laughs> that works. So Darcy is a writer and Darcy is a mentor, a coach. Can I say coach, right? I'm not officially a coach. Like I didn't go to school for it, but yes. But you I are, do. yeah. And uh, you work with, uh, um, you can say, just share a little bit what you're doing right now. Okay, sure. So probably for about maybe the past two and a half years, I have a, a group of women that reside in a ministry uh, for women that um, are currently homeless. Mm -hmm. And it's in a fantastic ministry because it isn't about just providing shelter, but they provide them with life skills to get back on track. So I teach a class every week. It's a two hour class and it just really zones in on legacy and blessing. Like how do they break out of their past and live abundantly in the future? That's amazing. And Darcy, why did you decide to do that? Uh, I, it was not my decision um, by any means. And I always joke around with the ladies. Um, I would say about 99% of my class is African-American. And so when the Lord kind of coached me and said, hey, I want you to go teach these ladies how to live life abundantly. I was like, great, let's have the white woman go in. And tell all these black ladies how they're supposed to live their life. Oh, my God. So I was not, I did not jump at the chance. Um, and what was really interesting is what I had presented to the ministry when the Lord sort of had me draw it out. And what was presented to the ministry, it's evolved into something so much deeper than what I ever thought. Mm -hmm. um, and because I'm able to really get to know each one of them and their journeys and get to know their kids. Mm -hmm. um, they're like just this extended family. And when they leave the ministry, I love that um, they stay in touch with me. I'm able to still guide them and pray with them and uh, coach them, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, and encourage them outside of, you know, where they came from. So it's like, I just keep gaining new sisters, like every wow. single time a woman comes in. Wow. Uh, so I know you for a few years. To me, you are one of the most brilliant minds that I know. <laughs> well, I'm flattered. <laughs> I the reason why I'm saying this, because every time, for many years, every time I was organizing my house or cleaning my house, I would think, what a Darcy would do at this. <laughs> it's funny you say that because... For a while, like, I really felt like maybe that's where the Lord was leading me. Like, I felt like I needed, there was like this, he was like, I want you to go and organize some ladies' closets. And mm -hmm. they were ladies I had never met. <laughs> and they literally let me into their their homes and into their closets and did not know me. Wow. Um, and 
you know, I got to know both of them, but the one lady I've gotten to know really, really well. And we spiritually have really connected. And so it's interesting how the Lord has used that gift in very weird ways, but yes, I cannot stand a messy house or a messy closet. It drives me insane. I love that. I love that about you because friends like you, it just gives me a good, uh, balance to look for what I want to do and how I want to work on my own struggles as a creator. But I know I can have a clean house and an organized house. I just have to think about what you would do and then try to assimilate that and, and now be successful. And I'm on my way. Well, I actually, um, it's, it's interesting you brought that up. I was talking to my class yesterday And one of the things that I told them was like how the Proverbs 31 woman is absolutely attainable. When we let go of the things that we will say, like you'll hear people say, well, I am just that way. That's how God made me. And we use his grace to excuse our areas that we should be improving. Mm -hmm. And like our goal is to be excellent in everything we do. And so we're, we're not great or excellent. Then it's our responsibility to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need your grace to be excellent in this area. So I do believe that in the body of Christ, everyone should eventually lead a life that is ordered and organized. And if you're not there, then you need to tap into his grace to get there. I feel, you know, for me, it's patience. I'm not a patient person. I'm not, which is interesting because the Lord put me in a teaching role to really sort of learn patience because a lot of times people don't get it. And sometimes they don't get it ever. Right. And it's frustrating because you see like 50% get it and 50% don't or whatever the ratio is that day. Mm-hmm. And I can get frustrated, but I really believe that where we fall short, it's not to say, well, God just made me this way. Mm-hmm. We have to tap into his grace to be excellent in all areas and live a life of excellence and not perfection, but excellence because with excellence comes trials but we're constantly aiming to do better than the last run that we did. So I stand in agreement with you, friend, that oh. one day your closets will look fantastic. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. So I have a few things. There's so many things I would like to talk to you, but we're talking about Monday motivation is basically how do you get yourself up and get things done, right? To get organized. So if you can share some of your recipes mm-hmm. for organization, but also for your spirit, your your mind, you know, where how did you keep your mind? Because I know you are very successful. You are a successful woman, but you work in a corporate America. Now you are a mom. There's so many issues that you went through at this season, right? That you had to just get through. How did right. people get through like, oh, no, no, I, I can do this and be that. Or I can do work in a corporate America and be a writer. I can be a mom and can be organ- like, how do what is the mindset that we needed? I think the first thing like in, in talking to today's women, because I feel like when I came in, like when I graduated out of school and started in corporate America, I, there wasn't social media. So the distraction really was like just social life, you know, or talking on the phone, like people actually used to talk on the phone for long periods of time. Um, but it really, I've always had the drive in me, but 
I would say that just in terms of if someone isn't naturally driven to just set it up, there are things that you can do to initiate that drive. And the first thing that I believe is that you have to have an end goal vision. So where am I trying to go? And that has to be the first thing. So I feel like where a lot of women get overwhelmed or maybe can't get to that vision they see is because they have no idea where to start. And they don't know where to start because they don't know where they're going. If I know where I'm going, I can backtrack and build out each phase of where I need to go. So having an organized day is key because you're able to sort of accomplish little tiny things that you're scratching off the surface. So I know, and and I'm not, I do not want to come off as like, you know, offensive when I say this, but a lot of women will say, well, I just can't get up before my kids. You have to, if you have a long list of things to do, or you're trying to set time for things that you personally need to accomplish, whether that's finishing a book, mm-hmm. doing an online class, starting a business, you know, looking for a different career path, you have to set your day up where you're lining out your day. If I get up with my kids, I am not thinking about how my day is going to go. I jump right in on how their day is going and they're setting my pace. So I get up an hour in my house before everybody else. So right now I get up quarter to five, 5 a.m. every single day. And so from five till six, it can look very different some days. I start off with, you know, time with the Lord. So I always pour a cup of coffee because at 5 a.m. I'm very tired. Um, And I sit with him and I just sit. I don't open my Bible. I don't even play worship music. I just sit. And I just say, Hey God. And I just talk to him just like I'm talking to you casually. I try not to bring any in any prayer requests. I just really try to keep it conversational. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's when I'm going to hear him. Mm-hmm. And then from there I will do, I, I do these decrees every day. Um, a, a book that a friend bought me that I've now bought. I don't even know how many copies for people, but I decree things over my family, things over my life, true mm-hmm. statements that God said about me and my family. I do that every single morning. So I speak wealth over my household. I speak health over my household. I speak uh, unity in my marriage. I speak, um, you know, influence in our, in our relationships, whatnot. There's all like, I don't know, there's like 110 different decrees that I, I speak. And then I do my Bible time. And now I know everyone's life looks different, but this is how I set up my day because I know on the mornings where I have overslept and I get up with my kids, the whole day just goes, it's just chaos town. So by structuring it, and then I know, and I know that by six o'clock, I need to shift in and do lunches, get the kids ready for school, whatever. So I have those blocks of time. I block out my entire day. I am a carpool mom. I have now two kids go to two different schools. They used to go to the same school. Now they're two different schools. And I work from home part-time for a company here in Atlanta. So I do work. Um, so I have to block my day out between uh, corporate time, the uh, kid time, carpool time, getting ready time. So I block out my day for the rest of the day from the time. But the time that I cannot waver on, the time that I do, do not compromise on is in the morning. I have to have it. The other key is I get ready. Yesterday is where I wear a hat and I don't do my makeup. But I try my best at least five days out of the week um, to get up put on makeup and wear something that does not look like it came out of my bottom drawer of, you know, yoga pants and t-shirts. 
<laughs> and the reason I do that is because then I'm prepared. If I have to go run an errand or if I have to go in and do something or if all of a sudden I have to go down you know, to the garden and, and see the women, I'm ready. I don't have to delay my time and then backtrack. So I try to build in time to get ready every morning so that I'm set up to do wherever the Lord calls me to go wow. that day. That is awesome. That's a big principle that I think people miss. If you're looking for God to use you, you need to be ready. And I think a lot of the times we'll stay like, well, I'm not going to do this because I don't look. But if I'm set up to be ready for the day, he can use me in greater ways because I'm ready to go instead of uh, today was just not one of those days that I want to go. Right. Oh, you know, what? I always I love to just literally I have been doing this for years where I just literally call you and we just talk. And at the end of the conversation, I felt like I got some good revelations from my day. And this is a good revelation from me. And finally, actually, today I'm very happy I got some makeup done. And I'm like, I'm seeing Darcy. <laughs> anyway, but it's like, I, I totally agree with you about getting ready for opportunity. And I feel like this can be in many different areas of our lives, right? Yes. It's... It's the principle of get ready and the opportunity will come. Mm -hmm. When we're open, I would tell anyone that says, well, I, I'm, you know, I don't know how the Lord wants to use me or I just don't get those. Like people will say to me, these opportunities always come to you. Mm -hmm. They come to me because I do something with them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was mentioning the other day, I don't know why other than the only answer is we've done something about it. The Lord will continue to bring single women that are financially broken or are, are looking for places to stay or coming out of brokenness constantly in my path that have nothing to do with what I do down at the garden. They're just at least two a month, at least two different new women I meet. And I was like, Lord, why do you keep bringing these women to me? And the first thing that he said to me was because you do something about it. And I was like, okay. But the other reason why is, you know, uh, my mom was a single mom, like even though she, she was in a relationship, but she was a single mom. And, and I remember her doing the best she could do, you know, and I know that there was decisions that she made that weren't necessarily the best decisions that she would choose if she didn't have kids. I know my mom probably would have made different decisions if it weren't for me and my brother. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I have a compassion for women because I understand Mm -hmm. the loneliness or the fear that you may feel because as a little kid the one thing my mom always did was made us feel safe no matter the circumstance we still felt safe and so when I see these women and I look at those kids I'm like I want those little kids to feel safe I want them to feel safe and so I feel like but the first reason why God brings them in is I'll do something but then it's also our compassion so I feel like if people are wondering like where do I go <clears throat> excuse me my response to you would be, <clears throat> where are your passions? What tugs at your heartstrings? And then when you position yourself to be in those opportunities and then you want to do something about it, that's where God's calling you. It's, our, it's what tugs at our heartstrings is where he really, that's how we know where our calling is, you know? Yeah. So Darcy, if someone is hearing us that feels completely lost, you know, they're single, they have three kids, they're 100% broke, they don't know how they started. What would be the first thing that you tell them? The first thing that I tell them is when we are in this situation or when you're in this situation, 99% of the time, <clears throat> there are a few 1%, <clears throat> excuse me, 
that may, their situations vary, but I would say for the majority of these women, you've been trying to do it in your own flesh without guidance from the Lord. And that we will continue to find ourselves in the same situation over and over until we fully surrender every aspect without trying to figure it out. I think that in this society, a world, a world viewpoint, uh, uh, like our cultural mm-hmm. viewpoint mm-hmm. is we just have to do whatever it takes to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a, uh, something you hear people say a lot. Well, I, I'll do whatever it takes to provide for my family. I'll do whatever it takes but it's not up to us to do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus did that for us on the cross. Mm -hmm. Everything that we needed, he did on the cross. Mm -hmm. It's up to, it's available to us, but only when we surrender. And we are a passive body. I feel like it's changing, but the shift is happening, but we are a passive body that sits on their hands and is waiting for God to wave a magic wand, which one that is not going to happen and just do something when he's empowered us to, to say, look, the only thing I need you to do right now is to surrender, surrender this to me and listen. And sometimes my second point, I will say in, in that, so once you've surrendered it to him, you might feel like you're going backwards, but sometimes it's God, you can be, I, I always say you can be in the right place, but the wrong position. Mm. So if I'm going to drive my car, I can be in the garage, but I need to be in the car to drive my car. I'm in the right place. I'm in the wrong position. I cannot drive my car if I'm in the garage. I can be at a bank and if I'm not at the teller at the ATM, I can't get money unless I'm in the right position. So for people, and they might not even be single moms, just anyone who feels like, I just feel like I'm going through the same cycle. You may be in the right place, the wrong position, or you might be in the wrong place and the wrong position. So having that, that surrender to him, to let him guide you and and shutting down what the world says Mm -hmm. and tune into what he says, because the world's going to say that doesn't look right, mm-hmm. but he's going to say it absolutely does. Cause I need to pull you back to get you in the right position so that I can launch you to where you need to go. That yeah. when I, when I break that down to women, if they get it, if it clicks, like I said, it doesn't always absorb right. and click, but when they realize that my way got me here, mm-hmm. my choices, it, and this doesn't mean that I don't, I do not condone abuse. I do not condone rape. I'm not saying that any woman does anything in the, for, to, to receive right. that type of abuse. But what I'm saying is a, a, a viewpoint of yourself or a choice that you made to be with that person or to take that job or to move to that place, those were decisions made by you. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to get into a life of abundance, mm-hmm. a life of order, a life of success, a life of victory, we have to abandon our worldly viewpoint and move into a place of um, godly guidance and counsel and mm-hmm. everything down to your grocery list. What should I be buying? What should I be putting in my body? Mm-hmm. You know, because we tend to just get into that worldly viewpoint of like, I'm self-made. I'm this, I'm that. And we are not self-made. Mm-hmm. I did not create myself. I did not choose to be born where I was born. I did not choose to be born to the parents I was born. I did not choose my life. He made me. Then I had the choice to live my life or his life. And that is going to be the key to success for anyone, wherever they're at in that situation is the first step of surrender and understanding going backwards doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It means you have to get in the right position. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that does mean shifting or, or going in a, a direction that you don't think is progressing, but it actually is. Oh, that is awesome. 
I'm telling you right now, if you don't put that in the book, I will, I will title Darcy chapter and I'll put it that in the book about position. That is such a revelation. That is such a revelation position. And you'll be positioned in the garages. I was picturing the garage and I was like, she's right. You'll be in the wrong position and you can't go nowhere. Right. In life, you don't move. Now you, um, you, I know you are a writer. I know you teach. I know you have vision. You're somebody that carries vision within you. What would be the right now at this season of your life? What would be the your favorite quote at this moment that you think about and you like? I like this. My favorite what? Sorry, what was quote. that? Quote. My favorite bolt. No quote. Quote. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I was like my favorite bolt. I'm <laughs> no, 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 no. Between the my, Brazilian and the Canadian accent, we're know, we're right? set. Um, my favorite quote. Oh, you know, I am not much of a quote person. Um, okay. I, I'm not. I, I don't really live off of. I guess I, I allow people to influence me, but I don't think I've ever. It sounds. I think because I came to Christ so late in my life. Mm-hmm. that my true driver, my true influencer is in the word of God. And mm-hmm. so um, I think one of my favorite quotes, I, I've been using it over and over and over and over again. And if I can read it, I'll read it because I did it yesterday <laughs> in my class. But um, it's when Jesus says, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And I know that that sounds like very sort of like, you know, prosperity, like, but I don't just believe I've received like material things. I believe that I've received like spiritual things. Like, so if I am trying to drive through and I want to hear from God, or if I, if I want to receive visions from the Lord or dreams from the Lord, I really believe that if I, when I go to bed and I say, Lord, give me my dream tonight. Like, Lord, take me into the heavenly realm. Lord, take me here. Take me there. Like, I ask him, and I believe that he's going to do it, mm-hmm. in addition to just everything. Like, with my children, I know and believe that they are going to be kingdom kids, and mm-hmm. they are going to be kingdom-minded, and that they're going to do amazing things for the kingdom, mm-hmm. even when they are in their sin at their age and, and doing stuff that they're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, so, to me, you know, Mark eleven twenty two is sort of my the season I'm in right now, mm-hmm. that is what I fall back on, on everything. Like I, there is a worship song right now that sings in my spirit. I wake up every morning with this song singing in my spirit. And it's like, um, my faith beyond what it looks like my faith beyond, or no, my faith beyond what it feels like my faith beyond what it feels like, you know, and I will only see what you promised me. I sing every morning. I wake up. That's in my spirit. And I know because the season I'm in, there is a bunch of stuff that's about to manifest that we've been calling out of heaven for probably like five years, mm. five years. We've been calling this stuff out of heaven. And I know that the anticipation and the standing on his promises, So that's my quote. That's what I stand on right now where my life direction is all about believing I've received and, and having the faith in the unseen, mm-hmm. you know, that's where we're at, where I'm at where my husband's at so well Darcy it's time for us to go but I do have to say thank you so much for being such a friend and a supporter for me 
And from the beginning, from day one, I remember a few years ago, you were the one that correct my Etsy shop. And she's like, ah, I check it out and you need some corrections and, and your English there. But you help us. Remember it was the first listing, you, you corrected the listing and we copy paste everything else. I remember your resume. Your oh, you're right. Oh my gosh, that is huge. So I am applying to be an instructor for Payment Suisse. I call you and I was like, I need your help here in your resume. So you fix the resume to the point that they call me for an interview. And I was like, oh my gosh, this lady should be super good. She know what she's doing. No, but you know what you're doing because you're super talented. <laughs> now look. Now you and now you have your own franchise. Oh my gosh. But isn't that amazing to see like the journey that we have being together as a friend, but also the mind that we kept tapping into not only our faith, which we believe that you know we dare to believe because we trust that God got our backs, but also the vision of our lives, you know? And I think that it's just, I, I love watching and seeing what, what's happened to you, what God is open for you. And the best is yet to come. And I'm, I know. I'm so excited. I mean, your art and your Etsy shop and the franchise. And you know. And the, you know, getting on movie sets and TV sets. <laughs> You know? Oh my God! By the way, I'm glad I have two Rebecca originals. <laughs> Actually, I have more than two. I have like four. You do, you do have it. Oh, and you believed from day one. You invested. I I invested, but I got a steal. You did. So when all those suckers are paying a hundred thousand dollars for a painting, I'll be like, I got this baby for three hundred dollars. That's right. Oh, Darcy. Anyway, I'm so happy to be able to walk this journey with you and I call you a friend I'm excited for the books the books that you're writing the stories that you're telling and I am grateful for the people that you are touching you know with this major knowledge that you carry you're just you have so much knowledge within you but your heart is so giving you so generous and I love to be able to call you and be like Darcy <laughs> What do you think about that? What do you think about that? And so anyway, so I just want to tell you, thank you for being in this podcast. We're, we're, we're still in baby step. We're still growing, but having people like you coming along and supporting this part of my journey, it's huge for me. And I'm sure if the people are listening to this, I know it blesses their Monday, it blesses their day. And this is what I want to say. I want to say thank you. Well, thank you. I love you. Thank you for asking me. It's such an honor. And I'm so happy to see what God is doing in your life. Oh, all right. Bye, Darcy. Love you. Bye. Bye.